everybody. This is Frank Fear, and welcome to Under the Radar. Today's topic is sports, college sports in particular, and the relationship or the impact of COVID-19 coronavirus on college sports. We all know, and we're sad about it, at least many of us are, that March Madness was canceled by the NCAA. But you may not know that that decision is having a significant impact with respect to collegiate sports budgets. That's because a good share of NCAA revenues, and in turn what the association can pass on to conferences and schools, comes from the annual Division I basketball tournament. The NCAA was scheduled to receive $827 million this year from its long-term multimedia and marketing rights agreement with CBS and Turner, the networks that broadcast March Madness. But obviously that's not gonna happen. Implications, the NCAA needs to reduce the allocation it will make to conferences and schools. A planned $600 million distribution to D1 schools, which would have occurred in April, just a few days from now, will be reduced to $225 million, and those dollars will be allocated in June. Adding to the misery is that the NCAA's rainy day fund, which had grown to $214 million by 2014, has been reduced. And in fact, I just made a mistake. It had accumulated to $400 million by 2014. That's the amount of money that was in a set-aside fund for a rainy day. But authorities decided by vote to allocate a good share of those funds earlier for other purposes. First, to help schools manage increasing costs, athletic budgets are always increasing, and to pay for a $200 million plus legal sentiment. When asked about the impact of reduced allocations to D1 sports, NCAA President Mark Emmert said the obvious, it's gonna be very hard. The reason, D1 athletic conferences will have less money to share with member schools at a time when costs for athletics continue to rise. But here's the, I don't know how to describe it, here's the double whammy perhaps. If the cancellation of March Madness and the revenue wasn't bad enough, the NCAA does not want to see anything happen to college football season, which begins in September. Having said that, on Thursday, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby told a teleconference viewers that the college football season may launch without fans in the stands, may be delayed as well. He said, I quote, it's a whole new ball game if we find ourselves not playing football because that affects everything we do. And there's no question about that. Football is one of the main revenue streams for all college sports, especially non-revenue producing college sports like golf, women's tennis. So if that doesn't happen, the underpinning, which he was referring to the college football season, is delayed or perhaps 
canceled altogether, heaven forbid, the underpinning of what we know is normal then goes away. And Bowlesby then concluded, we'll have major changes to make, which is absolutely true. So that means the college sports has already received one punch in March and may get another punch to the gut in September. That's certainly going to affect all schools, no matter where they reside in D1, but it's going to affect the schools, especially the schools that aren't in the so-called Power Five conferences. That is schools outside of the Atlantic Coast, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Southeastern Conference. You may or may not know that hundreds of lower profile schools, often called mid-major programs athletically, play football and basketball, and but they don't attract the crowds or get the high profile media attention that the Power Five conferences and member schools get. That category includes schools such as Middle Tennessee, Eastern Michigan, and Delaware, to name just three. To make ends meet in the past, athletics at mid-major schools have relied heavily on subsidies. What does that mean? It means a large share of the funds for athletics comes from non-athletic sources, primarily university budget allocations and student fees. And that situation is across the country and it's significant. USA Today reported last year with the most recently available data that the total amount of subsidies to Division I college athletics in this country for the 2017 and 18 year totaled $3 billion. The median contribution of subsidies was 73%. That means 165 programs of the total 235 in Division I college athletics that are public universities, that for 165 programs, three out of every $4 in its athletic budget, the revenues, come from subsidies. Almost all of the big time programs don't fall into that category. For schools like Ohio State and Oklahoma and LSU, there are no subsidies at all. Athletics pays for athletics. Other high profile large programs Examples would be Michigan, Auburn, and Clemson have subsidy levels that are 5% or less of athletic revenues. On the other hand, most mid-major programs are heavily subsidized, and those schools account for the majority of D1 athletic programs. Those major programs like Ohio State and others are likely going to have to cut costs, and some will probably seek increases, additions to, the, to their athletic budget from university budget allocations, perhaps even student fees. But what about heavily subsidized programs? Those programs that are already dipping rather significantly, if not significantly, into the, the university budget and student fees to pay for college athletics. It's a big problem. With subsidies as high as they are currently, 
The big question is whether more subsidies is the answer. I, for one, hope not. State taxpayers and students and their families are already bearing a significant burden, often unknown to them, to support major public college sports. University executives and athletic directors should use the fiscal crunch that is here now and is likely to get worse if anything happens to the college football season to figure out a more fiscally responsible and palatable way to fund college athletics. I think more of the same, which means more subsidies just won't do. You've been listening to Under the Radar. That's the way I see it. We hope to see you next time. I'm Frank Fear. I hope our paths will cross again soon.